0: Hey
1: guys, this is Nick. Before we get started with part two, just wanted to take a chance to plug some of the season preview content that we've been recording. Um, ben and Cody put up an offensive position group preview. Don't miss that. And the de- defensive position group preview they had um, put up last week. Um, also, a reminder, we had part one of the Shaken the Southland interview series go up last week. If you haven't checked that one out, please do. Um, this part two is a continuation of that interview. If you came for in-depth analysis, there's definitely some of that, but uh, it's probably more apt to think of these as the haters' guide to the 2018 schedule. Uh, part two here follows a similar flow to part one. Uh, we toned back the profanity some, but this one is actually a long episode, uh, so feel free to tune into this one on 1.5x speed. Thanks again for listening in and go Tigers. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, shaking the Southland 2018 schedule. This is part two. Uh, we went a little bit over the first time our projected finish um, really got into it, talking about Georgia tech and Syracuse. So, uh, Appreciate everyone hanging out um, and coming back for this one. Uh, We're really getting into the meat of the schedule here, but before we do that, I just wanted to um, introduce once more uh, my fellow guests tonight. I'm your host, Nick, um, with the Clemson Podcast, and I'm joined by a trio of writers from Shaking the Southland. Let's go in reverse order this time. Let's start out with Matt.
2: Oh, hey, I'm Matt. Uh, I write for Shaking the Southland. I do X's and O's and other coverage. Hey, I'm
3: John. I just uh, made a three part uh, defensive line preview. You can read it right now. Uh, I'm also the tweets guy from Shaking the Southland, and I didn't mention last time, but I'm the Clinton class of twenty twenty, so who knows?
0: Why do we do we call that hindsight? Is that hindsight right there? No? Yeah, I guess. Mm. It could be twenty twenty yeah. exactly. That'd be cool. But perfect vision, you made the right
3: choice. Yeah, I'm actually hoping for twenty twenty.
0: Victory lap is the way time. to go. Ooh, if only. Uh, well, hey, Alex-
3: yeah,
0: don't. hey, everyone. I'm Alex Kraft. I've been on here a couple times. Uh, class of 2013. I'm getting old. Um, I do the X's and O's and a few other other uh, random, um, I guess, tongue-in-cheek style articles because I think I'm funny. Uh, focus on the defense mostly. I'm happy to be back. Let's see where we go with this rant. Yeah, uh, Before thanks. we
3: go anywhere, I just want to point out for the listeners, since they couldn't have seen that, but uh, Matt just had a hearty beer chug. That's playing.
0: Guys, playing. I can't do this on my own.
1: Excellent. It's going to be one of those mm-hmm.
0: shows. I thought um, about it, but I would fall asleep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, guys, before we get into the matchups here, um, we've covered the first six games of the schedule. Uh, We're going to start out with NC State here in a moment, but um, I realized last time we didn't really take a broader look at uh, the season and understanding or really getting each other's feelings on um, how the schedule sets up overall, kind of the sequencing of our harder games, our harder matchups, the back and forth of road and home. Uh, But, you know, maybe just wanted to get your thoughts. Mine is this is actually a great schedule. Um, No weeknight games, no Friday night games. Uh, We really bounce back and forth with home and road opponents. And the harder games, you know, kind of tend to be, at least as far as what we project to happen, tend to be a little bit later in the season. You know, when we're, we've got ourselves in the middle of a quarterback, you know, uh, race, if you will. It does help us to have the benefit of time before we get into those. Um, any initial feelings when you guys saw the schedule for the first time or how has that evolved for you?
0: Yeah, I, I think this is probably the, not just the easiest schedule I've seen in my memory as a Clemson fan. Um, I mean, you could say that's because we're so much better than we've ever been as well, so it's all relative. But the schedule's almost perfect. It's There's a bye week right in the middle. Um, the only really tough game we have up front is A&M, but they're breaking in far more new pieces than almost anyone else on the schedule. Um, you know, we get we start out with three option teams out of four, the exception's A&M, uh, so we've got a nice warm-up before Georgia Tech. Oh, goodness. And then, you know, we have a bye week before NC State who – is actually probably going to be the big rivalry game this year with Florida State being who knows what, uh, Louisville kind of falling off in South Carolina, just being what they've always been, kind of like, yeah, you're annoying, but um, we don't really expect much, too much of a challenge from them this year. So I've got no complaints with the schedule. It's uh, I think the ACC did us a ton of favors, and uh, all the John Swafford hate from years past is kind of ringing hollow in my ears right now. I, I don't really see it anymore. Uh, is that is that blasphemy? You guys?
3: <laughs> uh, definitely not. Uh, John Swaffer gave me uh, free food recently, so I can't uh, actually say anything mean about him. That's like a legal thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, I this season gets compared so much to 2014, which I kind of get. You know, new quarterback replacing the maybe replacing the the experienced guy that is supposed to be a starter and all that stuff. It's a little bit nicer than 2014 because we had to open at Georgia and then have the easy games. Now we get uh, open with Furman at home and then have to go to Texas A&M. It is kind of annoying because it seems like all of the hard games are on the road more or less. I mean, other than NC State, if that was on the road, it'd be like the red flag trap game number one. But um, everything else seems like pretty lacks like i mean the home schedule seems pretty boring like even the from the moment it was released it seemed kind of boring to me so at florida state and at boston college does kind of worry me but i mean those are games that you know you switch back
2: and forth every year so there's something i think just of all of the games that had the potential to come out of nowhere and be much harder than we see coming that at wake forest might be an underrated problem this year like they do change over quarterbacks but that's about it and yeah, you return a lot. Yeah, I just don't know if I want those problems. Honestly, like, they're usually pretty solid. They would fit the mold of teams that have given us hell in recent years that are pretty good but not great. Like, especially regular season ACC play. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, at Texas A&M, you just, it's hard to worry about that. It's their second game and their coach is new. Like, that's going to be a pretty easy warm up. And there's not really any major challenges here. Like Florida State also has a new coach. Willie McGay, he seems like a problem long term, but he's kind taggart of in a year game. zero. So, yeah. Or Taggart, my bad. Taggart's <laughs> a problem long term. uh But uh like he's kind of in a year zero situation. Like Florida State imploded last year for reasons that went way beyond just regular on-the-field stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's going to be a little harder for them to climb out of that.
0: Yeah, I think we're fortunate yeah. that our two toughest games in terms of uh, opposing talent, uh, they're on the road, but they're also kind of in, I don't want to say in shambles, but in year zero, uh, that's that's putting it uh, rather rather politely, if you ask me. And um, both yeah, like of them three, were
3: in that yeah. situation because of Jimbo Fisher. That is true. They're both yeah, in that situation yeah.
0: because of Fisher. <laughs> he's the the traveling. The gift man. He's
1: on given. He's, he's a traveling the
3: man. Stepped out of college football. Yeah.
1: This is a also a silver line into the schedule. The home slate. I would agree. On paper, looks like kind of boring. There's no standout game. My hope is that kind of keeps ticket prices reasonable for fans looking to go back. Mm-hmm. But also, you don't you don't in my mind at least. I don't really see a game day. Uh, hosting opportunity for clemson on the schedule either no. Um,
3: no only only if louisville turns out to be really good and that just depends on your work yeah. path,
2: if petrino becomes the or south carolina yeah. yeah there's yeah, so much that would, competition
3: that would require yeah that would require yeah. Auburn and, like michigan or ohio state being horrible yeah
0: yeah, there's too many other big robberies, and i've got south, to look south at the Carolina episode. could be like really
2: good this year and win like seven games I feel bad for them, but they yeah, can make I, I feel like the progress way, and win like seven if, games
0: you know, unless they're they, top ten. They, t- yeah, the opposite. only way
3: it's game day is if they become like top ten, fifteen.
0: I feel yeah. like they've been the opposite the last couple of years. They haven't been nearly as good as their record indicated in twenty sixteen oh, no, no or way. seventeen. They they lucked into a lot of wins. Yeah, but the SEC East is getting harder eh, incrementally. I yeah, think everyone's counting on little four, by now. little, but they're pulling their way up. Yeah, if Florida is a surprise, which a lot of people seem to expect, I don't necessarily know if they will. I mean, they haven't had a quarterback in a decade. And Florida's sure, a me it yeah, it's almost like someone has to to fall uh, ass backward into second place in that division, right? Maybe yeah. Missouri. Maybe Missouri. They at least have a quarterback. Uh, well, guys, why don't
1: we get into these previews here? Uh, first up, in our second half, coming off the open date, uh, will be NC State. Uh, Dave Doran, still their coach. Um, Matt, you wrote recently about some comments he had, I believe at ACC Media Days, if not coming right after that, um, some retorts from Dabo, just related to. I mean, Doran, he's he's been pretty much as you know one foot out the door in this off season. Um, really, historically, he's he's kind of jumped around. Um, so in my mind, I mean I, you know, I, I kind of feel for Pac fans a little bit. Like this guy, this could be his last year um in Raleigh for a couple of reasons. But um yeah, I th- I think a lot of us had this one circled as we owe these guys a beat down um compared based on some of his chirping and the fact that our last two matchups were really close.
2: Yeah, no, they've been a heart attack game in the last two years. So that definitely contributes to it. If it was a 20-point beatdown, I don't think anyone would care as much. But he's being pretty frank about the realities with the facilities he has. Like, they're probably not as nice. That seems, like, unambiguously clear. And then he does stuff like complaining about laptops. And that just seems like shifting the blame. He has, like, moments of having good points and then moments where it just seems like he's very upset. He's not at the best school he can be yet.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think it really doesn't help that he looks like Toby from The Office. No, no, it guy. does not. He Bobby looks like, like
0: him. Yeah, they do have the same hairline, don't they?
3: Yeah.
0: Yep. And the
3: same likability.
0: <laughs> they just suck all the fun and happiness out of wherever they are. Yes. Exactly.
3: Mm. He's Honestly, the HR the director the of the
0: ACC. Yeah, you know, I don't necessarily view his his comments as like. Even when he's having a good point, I view it more as complaining because let's think about it. If you say, oh, well, they've got all these great players, that's why they win so much, or all these great facilities, that's why they get better players, blah, blah, blah. And Dabo comes back with, well, we we won the national championship before we we even moved into this building. And that's like the ultimate clapback to me. And Doran has no sort of response. It's just like, well, I can't say anything because I keep losing. And like, like, like you said, Nick, he does seem to almost have one foot out the door. And now part of that is just his agent being a good agent, um, floating his name out there for other jobs, whether um, it's to take a better paying job or get more money from State, which he got more money from State by uh, floating for the UT job, uh, Tennessee job. So I, I don't necessarily know if he is gone after this year or in two years, um, but I do think State will take a, te- a step back. And it will be delicious to hear him uh, complain about the latest loss to Clemson and why it should not have happened. Yeah, any predictions,
1: guys, for what his his axe grind will be this time? Hmm. What he'll come up with?
0: Um, Subbing too many defensive players too often because we're too deep. Um, Maybe our helmets are better than theirs and they can't knock our running back out of the game in the first drive.
3: Oh, the slight amount of yellow that you have to add to um, the the red to make orange actually is unfair because yellow is the color of gold. That means Clemson has more money. Uh, it all makes perfect sense.
2: I'm thinking he's just going to punt to academics somehow. I don't know how he's going to do it, and that's what I'm most excited for. But I think he's really grasping at straws here, and I can't wait.
1: Clemson diversified into engineering and architect, you know, architecture <laughs> and agriculture and the textile industry is just. Been ravaged.
3: I was about to say, I'm uh, really interested in the academic uh, trash talk you can have between two teams that compete in what is called the Textile Bowl. That's what I'm the
0: most excited for, Sue. Uh, I tend to ignore that just like I uh, always did with State until Doran actually made me feel something other than mild disdain that which is really more of just a lack of interest uh but but dorn has actually made me care so yeah we should think of a, a new rivalry name because the textile bowl is dead um it it has a pulse for once but uh, you can't bring back what never really existed so Alex, i mean someone, the
3: textile bowl is a really tom o'brien ass rivalry
0: yeah it is. Well, he was at State, remember?
3: That's what I'm saying, is that he's not there anymore, so it just doesn't really work anymore.
0: Chuck Amato.
1: i O'Brien's right. corpse. Let's see. Uh, well, he- Alex, there's something that you were talking about on Twitter. I forget who you were. It was with a State fan. Oh, um, this mm, This was and, fun. And you likened some of their attitude to Clemson fans, actually, during the Bowden era of coulda, shoulda, woulda, how close were we, were one play away from, you know, Greater things, better things. Winning the ACC Atlantic. Um, you know, if only we had held on against Florida State or beaten BC and Matt Ryan in 2007.
0: Yeah, I think what it was, uh, I, someone floated this on my timeline. I forget how I found it. Um, but uh, an NC State writer who actually writes for State's SB Nation site, I think it's called Backing the Pack, said something along the lines of, man, I don't know why Clemson thinks they're so good. It was they, – they were just – I think he said State was 15 yards away from beating them last year, and I don't think they should talk like they're all that. And I I just chimed in. I'm like, oh, boy, well, this sounds familiar. I was like, this reminds me of us under, like, Tommy Bowden, and we came to resent that sort of attitude um, because he was always saying we're just one play away, X number of yards away. And then I was like, there's only one way to change that rhetoric, and, and that's with winning. And he, like, quote tweets it and says, you know, just sending it back to his own echo chamber rather than replying. Uh, he says something like, "And you completely missed the point." And I'm like, "Well, fill me in, buddy boy." And of course, he never did. Um, but I kind of went off on, on. I was just like, "Yeah, um, you weren't 15 yards away from beating Clemson. You were 15 yards away from maybe forcing overtime. Uh, and if you didn't beat Clemson, how can you say they didn't? Or if and if that's the case, like how can you say they didn't run with run away with the ACC? It's like if Clemson only beat State by 15 yards, then did." Wake only beat State by two yards as well. So Wake really runs the ACC, and I, I was just kind of flustered with him. Um, and I was like, "This is the typical State fan in 2018. They just uh, they've gotten a bit closer to where they want to be, but they still just can't break through, and it's it's frustrating them. Um, and it, it really feels like us under Tommy Bowden 10 years ago. And either Dorn will get them through, or they'll reach a boiling point where they just can't deal with it anymore, and he'll take another job somewhere better." And then back to normal for State.
3: Yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be the latter because it's a pretty NC State kind of cyclical move for them. I feel like that happens
0: a lot. Yeah, and they just cycled out, cycling out, right? Todd Ellis, probably the most talent they've ever had on that roster. And their recruiting's picking up with UNC kind of falling back a bit, but it's still it, – I hate to use another South Carolina analogy here, but the gap really isn't closing. Um and I think their window shut last year. Last year was their shot, and they missed it. It doesn't help when Clemson pulls Dexter Lawrence out of their backyard out Right.
1: Well, can you blame him? Cannot. Not in the Definitely least. Not. Beautiful. Uh, well, in terms of what we can expect from the NC State team, I mean, I do think they return uh, a decent passing attack. You know, Ryan Finley's back. They do have some of their better playmakers um, in the wide receiver position, and... Uh, I think they returned like half of their O line, but um, you're right, Alex. I think the the window did close somewhat on uh, mm-hmm. the number of guys they sent to the draft this year. I think it was like seven guys drafted, seven
3: or eight, their entire defense. Yeah, it was mostly on yeah. defense. It was yeah. literally their starting front four got drafted. A- the best defensive line
0: they've ever had got drafted. Best front seven. They had some some good linebackers too. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say their passing attack does scare me. I think if any team on the schedule could be a problem for this defense. It's probably in C State. Um, if we've State, taken you know, secondary injuries, I think that's a, oh yeah. Yeah. I like mean, that's what it was last yeah. year. You know, we, we were yeah. playing some guys who uh maybe yeah, we Ray
3: Ray.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. we played Ray Ray I remember
0: Ray. yeah. Yeah we were playing some guys who maybe should Amir be
3: trapped
0: and uh, Ray yeah. Ray were out there on the last drive. Right. And it and was he, a problem. Just their offensive style, too. I mean, they've got big receivers who can who can catch slants quickly by bodying up, and the same thing on fades. Like if you want to beat this defense, you know you aren't going to run at them and you aren't going to do any long developing pass plays because you'll get sacked. So that leaves slants, fades, quick passes. That's and doing so with tempo, that that's really the only consistent way I see Clemson being beaten, this defense being beaten, and state can do that. It's just I think they lost too much on defense to overcome.
1: Yeah, I think we're gonna
3: see a lot of Cleveland Far and Austin Bryant doing that thing where they just kind of hang out in the flat and try and make that like
0: NCAA fourteen linebacker glitch jump on the yeah. on the ball. Yeah. State's going to get the ball out quickly and and protect as much as they can. And it can be effective. We saw it last year, Uh, even without, you know, adequate cornerback play, the defensive line was getting tired and frustrated because they were, you know, running around, but never actually getting to the quarterback because he was getting rid of the ball so quickly.
1: Yeah. We're all going to know about um, Bradley Chubb leaving, but really, I think they, they were decimated more in their back seven, as you guys have referenced. And By then, I mean, this is going to be our sixth, what, seventh game of the year. Mm -hmm. You would think our quarterback situation would be pretty solidified, knock on wood, um, enough to where that'll end up becoming a big factor in this game. Well,
3: I think the more important thing is that our receivers will be a lot more experienced. Mm -hmm. Because, like, our receiver situation is more or less settled, I guess. I mean, we know who the starter's going to be, essentially and like you know Hunter Renfro is going to be Hunter Renfro, Amari Rogers is going to do the Artepe Scott thing, T Higgins is going to start and you know whoever's opposite T Higgins is going to be pretty good. Um but like by game 6 game 7 they're going to be a lot bigger help to the quarterback than whoever the quarterback is going to be helped. Uh, all right,
1: well I guess Ugh. I guess without concussions and without um secondary injuries this one feels like a a capable Clemson win. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does help indeed that we come off the buy. They also come off the their bye coming into this game, so should see some rest on both sides. Uh, anything else? Any more? Any more pack hate from y'all?
0: Uh, no, I guess I gave them too much credit already by saying I think they'll put up more points than anyone else will on us. Um, That—that's me being diplomatic, so, I guess. Uh, so. 10 points. Well- well, we beat them 41-0 in twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen.
3: Yeah. Twenty fourteen. Ooh, right. the last three 20, games have been close then. Forty-two to zero.
0: Yeah, and then then in twenty fifteen it was like fifty-five to forty something. It was somewhere in that range. Yeah, that
3: was the weird one. That was when a they, big one. like we were that way
0: ahead and work. they came back.
1: Well, Deshaun had to scramble the score at the end of the first half, and then it just turned into a shootout after that. Yeah, that did turn yeah, into wow. a
0: shootout. It was like we was we good. built up a three score lead throughout most of the second half, but they kept chipping away, and it you know we kept having to play keep away staying at least one score ahead got wild that'd be another well, I
3: remember they did that in I think 2013 too and it was like 62 to 47 or something like that
0: that was that was 2012 I remember that one that, that was, was my that was, was my senior year. <laughs> my goodness I'm so old yeah you're real
1: I know what a wild year 2012 was was it not the year with um,
0: I guess Maryland the wild Maryland game was 2011 wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah 2012 had
3: uh, something else you
0: the 2012 maryland game was when they played a linebacker at quarterback because they had so many injuries oh. they were down to their fourth or fifth string remember that 2011 yeah. was a sammy watkins game where he brought us back 2012 they didn't have a quarterback yeah, yeah maryland, he had, but that, maryland that pass where he should have threw it and it did the the
3: fake like you're fake throwing it behind your back but it was actually what happened is he just fumbled it like, I had never seen somebody do the thing where you, you wind up a pass the ball. When you hit the back of the windup, it just falls out of his hands. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever yeah, seen. I,
0: I do that to my dog just to mess with him. Yes, exactly. That move. That, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that where other people could see it, much less yeah, 85,000. Corey
3: Crawford picked it up.
0: That's right. All right. Well, that's it for NC State.
1: Uh, let's move on to the Seminoles. <laughs> Florida State, Uh, we will be traveling to Tallahassee once again this year. Uh, Probably less of a daunting encounter as we had a couple years ago um, when we played for the national championship, broke the streak of losses in Tallahassee, uh, which lasted, I think, about a decade at that stage. Uh, But, you know, a lot of change happening in Tallahassee, kind of our our closing uh, bookend to the Jimbo Fisher saga here. Uh, His first-year head coach, Willie Taggart, he's bounced around a little bit, was at USF and then Oregon just for the one year. Uh, But he brings a lot of energy to Tallahassee. Um, We're starting to see that reflected in a lot of hype, a lot of um, superlatives being talked about with what they're doing in recruiting. Uh, But still, I think it's going to take some time for them to see that gel um, on the field. Then again, we do face them in the second half of our season. Um, So I think they're still kind of an enigma. Um, it's good that there's some disarray there when we're traveling to Tallahassee, because I think starting next year, they're going to become a much more formidable opponent. Uh, but I, I don't personally worry too much about this game. I mean, I think um, we've already talked a lot about if there's some unexpected good teams on the schedule. I certainly think FSC's got a ceiling of around you know nine wins, let's say, but I'm not really seeing them competing for the Atlantic title. What do you guys think?
0: Willie Taggart's an interesting hire. He's not very experienced, doesn't have a good record, but I think he's actually going to end up being a home run for them. Um, you know, if if you're not running a, a spread when you're a, a power five school in the state of Florida, what are you doing with all that talent there? And they're bringing in like a pure cover four defense, uh, as opposed to you know we're we're technically a cover four defense ourselves in the, in the base, but we play a lot more single high safety especially when things are going well, sending pressure. Um, We we play a lot more single high, but FSU sticks with cover four like Michigan State does, like Pittsburgh does, um, almost exclusively under their new coordinator. And I think they, unlike Pittsburgh, will actually have the defensive backs to play it properly without getting burned over the top so often. And I think sooner rather than later, FSU is going to be an absolute monster far, far better than they were under Jimbo, which sounds crazy because they were so good, especially when they had Winston, but they'll have a much simpler yet effective offensive system and a much simpler and potentially more havoc based defensive system, assuming the talent level doesn't drop, which I mean, it's Florida state, so it won't Uh, this year. I don't think they will be ready. I think an enigma, like you said, is a good way to put it. Um, I don't think they'll necessarily challenge Clemson this year. Now it could be a close game, of course, but, uh, I think they're a couple years away from being elite again, but I fully believe they will be uh, better under Taggart than they were under Fisher yeah, sooner the, rather than later.
2: Yeah, Florida State is at the sort of point where if they played a competitive game, it would be an incredible like thing for their fan base. Like In this season, just with changing over a head coach, if you keep it close in a rivalry game with Clemson, I would have to assume they're pretty happy with that. Like, it's not, of course, you would rather win, but, like, that's kind of where they're at. And they're probably a year or two, maybe two or three years away from being a problem. They're going to recruit very well. Alex is right on the schemes. But it's hard to see an offense like that just blowing up in... Six seven weeks to the point where it can score on this defense. Yeah.
0: If they had an offensive line, that'd be it'd be much more concerning. But this might be the yeah. worst offensive line we'll face this year. Yeah, the FBS level at the Power Once Five they level.
3: Get an offensive line though, Cam
2: Akers is
0: a- Oh it's goodness. Fine. Oh yeah. no,
2: it's a problem. It's a problem long-term. And, and pair with that
3: offense, and I know that they're going to they're gonna solve the problem because uh, in the little bit I've seen of Willie Taggart in person, he is extremely likable. Um, he's that level of like salesman where you don't even realize you're being sold to, and I feel like Jimbo was never really that guy. Jimbo, you can always tell when he goes into that, like, I want to be a diplomat or I want to be a salesman right now mode. Willie Taggart just kind of gets you on his side and then you realize, oh man, Willie Taggart just spent all that time getting me on his side. And I feel like that's going to be great, like for Florida recruiting, especially he's such a big name and he's such a visible person that um, like, I feel like recruits are just going to like pour back into Florida state.
0: I agree. He's a little bit of
3: trouble because of Mark Richt and Dan Mullen. I mean, I feel like they're going to pull some stuff away. But uh, Florida State just has that that flashiness that it didn't before. Like yeah. when I was when I was at ACC Media Days, they were definitely the best dressed, and that's of people that were all in suits. Like they just seemed on this whole other level of uh, Florida flashiness.
1: Yeah, I think you guys referenced a little bit some of the turnover that they've had also on defense. Um, Derwin James is gone. I think Naughty up front is also out of there. Um, so but they're replacing those still some with um jibbo fisher guys but uh, still very capable blue chip talent coming in on defense
2: um, uh, i was about talent. to say they still have
3: brian burns who's a pretty terrifying defensive end i mean he kind of kind of went down a little bit last year in his total like numbers uh his tackles for went up, his sacks went down um but like i feel like this year he's probably gonna have a bit more of a standout year I think he's going to end up being a first or second round pick probably he's just one of those guys that's like huge and fast and all the other superlatives Um, and I feel like this year he could actually be a pretty big problem um, for our offense
1: how do you guys see this game playing out I mean is it is it one where Clemson can essentially neutralize acres by scoring early I mean Florida State under Jimbo got out to really terrible starts and found themselves um, looking up at 14, 21-point deficits a lot. Who knows what, what it's going to be like this year, but do you sort of see that playing out in similar
0: fashion? I, I i don't know. I i would be far more worried if they had anything resembling competency on the offensive line. Um, and then you throw that against throw, – throw Clemson's defensive line at it, and it's going to be ugly, but, of course, they'll game plan for it. Uh, I could see Florida State's offense looking a lot like Clemson's in 2011, year one under uh, Chad Morris. Not the most reliable running game because of the poor offensive line, but a ton of skill talent. Um, and DeAndre Francois will be back at quarterback. It, it seems like it's a, a given to me. He'll be their quarterback over Justin Blackman. Um, he's got more he experience, held, better he arm. Up better well arm. Against, he held up well against Alabama last year until Yeah, he fell apart. that's another thing. You know, um, Francois took a beating even in 2016, um, no matter who they played. The, the offensive line has been a problem for FSU since – Goodness, it's, I would say since their national championship run, uh, 2014, they kind of won uh, every game in the regular season in spite of themselves. In 2015 was when you started seeing really seeing the cracks uh, um, result in losses, and ever since then it's kind of gotten worse. Um, you know, I think scheme will mask a lot of the deficiencies they have up front. Uh, Francois is going to throw it downfield really effectively. Akers is going to make a lot of people miss, but. Bottom line, I I think Clemson will be able to overwhelm them up front. And no matter who the quarterback is at this point, uh, Clemson's offense should be improved at at literally every single position except tight end seems to be a wash unless, you know, Garrett Williams, uh, you know, provides a spark there. Um, So I still think Clemson's just too good at every position, uh, particularly just overwhelming the FSU front. I think Clemson will win by two scores. I, I do think, think Florida start. State's going to try and jump out as quick
3: as they can and score. Like then, you know, they can go either way for most teams. You either do it or you screw up immeasurably and the game's over. I mean, and I feel like they're probably going to screw up, but you can't not take the shot. Yeah, they'll
0: it. play aggressively, pull out
1: all the stops. Yeah, I think this is a game. This is a, this going to be. A, sorry, Matt, this is going to be a team where I feel like the temp, the up tempo, what they're going to try to run they actually will have the talent to be able to execute. Again, if like, their line is porous and terrible, they won't last. But um, there's going to be other, as we look ahead into some other games, we'll preview here, some other teams are gonna, going to try to run up-tempo that I just don't know that it fits their identity.
2: Yeah, to piggyback off Alex's point about their offensive line, I think they're going to have a really hard time not being able to run the run portion of an RPO. That's kind of like a core part of what they're trying to establish over there. And when you stop having to worry about that, defenses are getting to the point where they can dictate what reads you have. They can just give you a passing read all day, and it looks like bad quick passes, bad quick passes, bad quick passes. And like, I don't think that's going to be a problem for them in a year or two, but year one, there's really no overcoming having a bad offensive line. That just takes time to come around.
1: Uh, how long, guys, until we start calling them the Orlando Seminoles?
0: <laughs> hmm. At this point, the way they keep scheduling these neutral site games and having a spring <laughs> game in Orlando, although I guess they only did that once when they were having their stadium upgraded. Uh, i You know, I, I get it. You know, it, Tallahassee's supposedly very hard to get to. I mean, we're in Clemson, so don't really, don't, don't talk to me about being hard to get to. But uh, FSU fans always say that it, they have a longer drive than anybody, any other alumni base in the country uh, to get their, to their football game. So, yep, yeah, it makes sense that they play in Orlando. I just, I still think it's a criminal to schedule home and homes and in, in neutral site games, essentially home and homes and neutral site games. It, it's, it's not, I, I, I hate to see it, but I get it.
1: I mean, it, to me, they're doing it for the money. It just doesn't say a lot about. It. Their alumni base; they can't get to Tallahassee to watch a marquee, premier football product.
0: I agree. Um, I think they feel they're throwing their alums a bone by putting it in Central Florida, where more people can get to it easier. But you know, if you want to be in Tallahassee, you'll get to Tallahassee. That's that's the way I see it.
1: Yeah, I just I wonder what this is going to do their home atmosphere longer term. Um, what
0: home atmosphere? <laughs> they don't right. have one. Yeah, there's a reason they keep uh, cutting the capacity in their stadium.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's in the Bowden era. I feel like it was a pretty intimidating atmosphere and environment, but they certainly have not kept up with facilities. No. Um, so it's interesting. Anything else on the Knolls?
3: I mean, I'm just wondering if they're going to Orlando
0: purely for recruiting reasons, and I don't even understand like why that would be the thought. Any any visibility helps. I think it's the cash grab from the neutral site matchup, and they see it as, hey, we can put a game in the middle of the state where more of our alums can get to it easier. Sure. Why not? Win, win. Uh, I'm just thinking like who's more visible in Florida than Florida state, yeah. central Florida. <laughs> they're trying to, they're trying to take that okay, turf. Right a national yeah. UCF wins a national title. What is FSU going to do? Play in their backyard. So the reality is that they just need to
2: play UCF, you cowards. <laughs> yes. Play UCF, you cowards. Yeah, I'd, settle for FAU. I'd settle for FAU. I think that'd be a fun one, too. LSF, blast from the past for Taggart.
0: Wait, <laughs> speaking angle. of FAU, how long till Lane Kiffin takes the LSU job? And does he stay at LSU in time for our home and home? Dabo versus Lane Kiffen in 20, what year is that? 2024, 2025?
3: 25, I'd see like 10 years ago when they both got hired.
0: That's right. Wow. Gosh, who would have thought they were hired on like the same day, basically? Yeah, Pretty much like, the same day. Like
3: one or two days difference.
0: Who would have thought Davo would be the home run and Kiffin would be the not the fight? Well,
3: I, I mean, I should have remember my dad telling me like they were getting that contract secured in before, so we couldn't get Lane Kiffin. And and thinking back, like that that line sticks in my head of Lane Kiffin,
0: Clemson head coach. Oh, you want to hear something worse? In two thousand eight, a lot of people wanted Will Muschamp. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: the, <laughs>
0: <laughs> who Who were the leading candidates? Gary Patterson at TCU. Brent Venables, ironically, was was a. a I don't know if he was ever a leading <laughs> candidate, but he was a, a popular name thrown out. Will Muschamp, um, Lane Kiffin was probably like the pipe dream, as weird as that is to say. What I was
3: from like Auburn.
0: Uh, i don't know let's see 2008 auburn still had tuberville right wasn't that tuberville's last year so yeah chiswick took over the next year okay yeah no it was uh yeah it was chiswick you're right it was gene chiswick was chiswick
1: he had one year before the natty yeah
0: yeah
2: right
3: you're right so yeah it wasn't
2: an Auburn. good radio Chiswick really got a national championship. Like, that ring is still in his possession. No I, I matter really, what happened. I really hope
3: he has, like, thank you, Cam Newton, written, like, tattooed on his eyelids. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Nick, Nick
1: Fairley, you mean?
3: I mean, both. That's on that his matters. ass.
1: My,
2: Michael <laughs>
3: Dyer wasn't down on his inner lip.
0: <laughs> it didn't matter. They still won on that next play. Yeah. He's thanking
2: the refs because, like, Loki, Michael Dyer looked like he was down.
0: Oh, Michael Dyer was down. Yeah, it, it really looked there's, there's like he there's was no, down.
3: There's no controversy here.
0: He was down. Yeah, they reviewed it, and he was down. It was bad. We are really showing off the, the depth of our football memories, aren't we? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> no. Guys, why don't we move on to Louisville? Good idea. God, that's something no one's ever said excitedly. <laughs> Stuff for the FBI.
1: So uh, the cards, uh, they're going to need to come up with a new name for their stadium, aren't they, guys? They
2: will. House of. I just hope they, like, post through it. Just keep going. Just <laughs> stick with it. Yeah, I mean, they already I- took the Sunday Dome. Yeah, no, oh, you that just that, have to ride this out. You can't take all that memorabilia out. There's going to be, like, little dust signs where it does, used to Does
3: Papa John's, I, I remember seeing the story right after it happened. Does he still own the naming rights for the next, like, 27 years?
0: I forget. I don't know. You know, I want to see them go, like, full-scale petty about this and say, you know what, we're going to enter a partnership with Domino's. <laughs> Just a complete one eighty. Yeah, just completely flip the script. Say you know what, we're moving on. In the that's, uh, best that's way Yankee we know pizza. how. Is that Yankee Pizza? I, good. What? for yeah, it. What? Is, yeah, I feel good. like Domino's yeah. is better. Papa John's is like it is I, I, better. Papa John's is doughy, and I I kind of like the dough. Don't get me wrong, but everything else everything else about it is just. Domino's is the only thing that's improved in Michigan in like a decade. <laughs>
2: Dominos finishes better than third place in the Big Ten West.
1: Uh, so anyway, uh, Petrino, who knew that he would be the least controversial coach um, in Louisville, least controversial athletic figure in, in Louisville's um, athletic department? Uh, but true. here we are, 2018 is a strange time. Uh, but they I mean, come we're in. We're generating to...
3: controversy purely based on whether or not he's been fired. I feel like he's still the most hated Louisville coach out of all of the group. People
2: that it's been fired. Oh yeah, no, they're so ready for him to get fired over (laughs) something, so they can let Lamar Jackson do it, just like they're to punt (laughs) it over. Yeah, no, in the off season, Lamar runs it during the season. They give it to a basketball player. Makes sense to me. Yeah, no, they're ready. They've been waiting.
0: You know what if what if Petrino's fired, and the interim coach ends up being the defensive coordinator? Now, wait, who's their defensive coordinator? Todd Grantham still?
1: Yeah, Sermon, I believe, took over. Oh, yeah, he, right, right. Yeah, right, he right, was right, only right. there
3: one year. He got fired. Mm. Oh, the new one must be Paul Petrino. The other Petrino.
2: Mm. Wait, the guy who took Iowa to, or Idaho to the FCS? Yes, that one. FCS actually, Petrino. Actually one Petrino's brother. I'm ashamed that I know that. But... Yeah.
1: That's almost a sadder brotherhood than the Stoopses. I didn't even know he had a brother.
0: This is news to me.
3: Yeah. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta you gotta get though.
1: with this fun knowledge over here. Oh my
3: god.
0: Yeah. Well between Matt's Midwestern knowledge and your fun belt Idaho knowledge Idaho is not Midwest. Idaho's just <laughs> Okay. Anything between Pennsylvania and California could be considered the Midwest. I think Idaho might border Washington. It does. It does. No hey I've been there. I mean I'm not Woo. completely ignorant i have been well, there matt matt the geography student over here matt
3: actively matt. cheered for getting the idaho next to washington state but correct
0: yeah there's a little slice of it in there between montana right yeah uh
3: university uh, of idaho uh, famously eight miles away from washington state like the
0: university wow it's yeah, really together know. moscow hmm. idaho so that's that's basically like tobacco road but in the Oregon Trail version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, they frozen to tobacco, tobacco road. road. The tobacco, right? so the tobacco potato road. So, put tobacco yeah. Potato road. Potato road, okay. Ah, there we go. Now we're putting it so in terms.
3: Yeah, so Idaho and South Carolina.
0: Washington State
3: Wait. turns it into alcohol. How did we get from Louisville to Idaho? Uh,
0: the Petrito Clean Road. from um, the FBI. Brian the way Van that everyone does. This is so one brand for us. Okay, does anyone think Louisville is going to be any good? Because I am I kind of don't really think so.
2: I'm at a wait-and-see point. I could definitely see their offense pulling I mean, it together yeah. just from coaching, but, like, there's no reason to bet on it, just losing possibly their greatest quarterback ever. Yeah. Well, I okay, see, no quarterback I'm not seeing yeah, as their
3: the, greatest the quarterback biggest ever. problem here. Um, like, they do have a serviceable guy coming in to replace them. Juwan Pass was Juwan a pass. pass. Mm-hmm his name is literally passed.
0: Yeah, I hope he's good with that last uh, name. But
3: I think the, I think the bigger problem is their offensive of the line still isn't going to be very good. Of
0: course. That's a standard.
3: And I mean the receivers
0: are all right, but they didn't improve over last year. Mm, they do have some big receivers, I will say that. Yeah. I don't know how talented they are per se, but they are big and that's always a problem. Um and but I you know, I I look I look at the uh, the fact they lost Lamar Jackson and then look at the fact they're on their third or fourth coordinator in as many years defensively, and that there won't be much improvement there. They lost their best defender as well, um, Jair Alexander. So I don't see them replacing it with the same level of talent. I feel like every other team in the Atlantic is either improving or almost as good as they were a year ago. Certainly the deepest and best the Atlantic's ever been will be this year, I feel. And Louisville, I feel like, is going in the wrong direction. Everyone's moving in the right direction except Louisville, I feel. And I could see them finishing, gosh, competing with Syracuse for last place in the division. Or next to last, I yeah, should say.
3: I feel like they could either be last or they could be that surprise second-place team. And I think one of the biggest differences is going to be what they do with the run game because if mm-hmm. you lose Lamar Jackson, yeah, you can replace the passing with Juan Pass, but he is a pocket passer. And Lamar Jackson was literally your running back
0: last yeah, year. Yeah, I've I've never seen anyone hundred inverted yards. veer like that, like yeah, at, yeah, in this yeah. in this era, bringing the inverted veer into the spread and running it like that was probably when my favorite thing to watch of in football
3: that Production from Lamar Jackson. They also lose their top two running backs, so mm-hmm. it's not even like you're bringing
0: in like the experienced guy that had been there for a while. Right? No. Yeah, maybe maybe pass is good. He's got a few good receivers to help him out, Um, but no offensive line. You know, they'll be similar to NC State, I feel. They've got big receivers out wide, Um, although State has a better line. State probably has a little better skill overall. Certainly, Finley's a proven commodity. Um, But It's more like a Florida State situation where
2: they do have talented skill position players, but there's no offensive line and little reason
0: to bet on one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, they
3: just I, have a more sure quarterback.
0: I, I see them topping out at fifth in the division. I think BC's better than they are. NC State's better than they are. And Clemson and FSU just have too much talent. Clemson's obviously better. And I feel FSU will get a bit of revenge for last year. Um, I'm not sure when those two meet, but I feel FSU, now that they have a proper schemes on both sides, uh, once things do start to gel, they'll be pretty good. But I still think, even if they play early, I, I think FSU just – should be able to beat them on talent in revenge. and revenge. And Louisville's defense is 13. certainly there. This defense is their liability.
1: I'm just looking at the kind of the teams we have talked about already. Is this the best the collective offenses have been in the Atlantic ever? Hmm. I feel like there's not really a suspect offensive. I mean, either the coaches are offensive-minded, um, or there's you know among the better quarterbacks that they've had. You know, at Syracuse, for instance, um, teams that just like there's not really a doormat team per se. Um, it just feels to me like
0: it's not a, a time to have a suspect defense in this ACC Atlantic. Yeah, you might be right. You know, I still think of the two best offenses in, in this half of the of the conference as Clemson and Louisville, but that's because I'm thinking of Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. But every other team in this division has improved their offense tremendously, whereas Clemson and Louisville are still trying to, you know, move on from some all-time greats and the offenses should be well Clemson should be fine obviously not elite like it was two years ago uh, unless the quarterback situation is uh, settled better than we think um, but yeah I think you might have a point every offense in this in this division should be really good question marks might be Louisville just based on that well, offensive I mean, line.
3: and I think this takes us like to the next game perfectly and how you like this for segues because Boston College Boston College had a really good defense the last few years, and then all of a sudden their, their offense just awoke last year as their backfield of two freshmen uh, joined the lineup. A.J. Dillon and uh, – excuse me, don't, don't look at me, don't look at me. Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. Brown that was it. Yeah. Um, uh, their offense, like before and after the switch, it was like literally night and day. It was unbelievable how big the difference it made. And, I mean, pair that with their – I mean, their defense – I mean, it may not be as good as it was under Don Brown, but, like, it still has a little bit there with it, and I feel like Boston College is actually going to be that surprise second-place yeah, team I agree. in the Atlantic.
0: Maybe not second, but I, I agree there will be a surprise. I
3: mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out who, who I have above them. Like, maybe Florida State, but Florida State has a lot more question marks. Yeah.
0: My thing with BC is they've got a pretty tough draw – um, I, I think they're better than NC State, but Ryan, Ryan Cantor actually pointed out when he was doing his pecking order in the conference, uh, NC State draws UNC and UVA from the Coastal, whereas BC draws, gosh, I forget Miami. who they
3: draw. Uh, Virginia Tech and Miami. Oh, okay, so
0: they get the two best teams in UNC, or so it's the worst. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a four-week stretch. At home
3: and then Virginia Tech the next week on the road. Yeah.
0: I think it uh, might beat NC State, but I still think NC State might finish ahead of them just because their schedule is so much easier.
3: Yeah, good Lord. I did not see that for four, yeah. weeks stretch right in the middle mm-hmm. of there. At NC State versus Louisville, by week, uh, Miami at home, at Virginia Tech, Clemson at home, at Florida State, and then close with Syracuse at home.
1: And we're on the sort of tail end of that stretch. That's, yeah. that's kind of why, number one, everyone's talking about this as our trap game upset. Watch it's going to be known i don't think we're going to sleepwalk through that and number two we're tor- sort of toward the tail end of that that rough streak for them so yeah
3: in between at florida state and at-
0: yeah that's a shame i really think it yeah. could be good and it i don't really have anything against boston college like i do so many other schools on our schedule so it's it's like yeah good for you all i hope you do well i tell but, you this
3: i do think they're going to open six and zero. yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah, exciting
3: I mean, to see them thing, I mean, like UMass, at, Holy Cross at Wake at Purdue Temple and
2: at NC State.
3: You're right. They guys pull
2: even 5 and 1 and they would be like ranked. Yeah. If they open yeah, up be. 5 and 1, especially if they only lose to NC State, they're going to be ranked for a week or two. Yeah, you know, well, if they, it, they don't if have they, injuries, they'll be great. They'll be a really Yeah, good I mean, team. It, it, it depends on what Louisville does, but I mean, if
3: they open 6 and 1, 7 and 0, oh, there's no really telling what they're going to do once they hit
0: that rough stretch. Right. That's like terrible. Nine wins for them is insane. Mm-hmm. Now they're a pretty thin team from what I've gathered. They've got a lot of, a lot of good pieces, but they're thin. That yeah. is a rough stretch. And I think Clemson's fortunate to get them late in that stretch when I hate saying this, but they might be a bit banged up. Um, But then again, who isn't banged up in November? Honestly. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Clemson has Let galore. Let me ask you guys.
0: Looking across our schedule again, how many ranked opponents do you think we'll play? Well, preseason, the only ranked team on our schedule is Florida State at 19, right? I think so, yeah. I I think think it's probably end up being... I could see South Carolina sneaking in. Yeah. I think NC State would be ranked. They have a pretty manageable schedule to start the year. If it's not ranked at the end of the year. If it's ranked at the time we play them, I think maybe... Yeah, I think... Ranked at the time we play, I at think. At the time we play. At the time we play, I'm going to say NC State, Florida State, Boston College. And I go back and forth on South Carolina because they have so many top toss-ups. They could be a 5-1 team or they could be a 9-1 team. And then whoever we get in the ACC championship. Yeah. Of course. yeah. I mean, I, so <laughs> I, I think South Carolina will be somewhere in the top 20 to 40 range, somewhere in there. I, You could say that about half the teams in our schedule, though. Yeah, there's a lot of top
1: 40 teams on here. I don't know how many top 25 right, we play. Right, right. So, right, um, knowing we're a top five, possibly top two, possibly top one, sets um, up nice. 20. Um, I guess you know you guys touched on it a little bit. Depth issues really uh, evident to me looking at Boston College's defense. Um, I think everyone pencils in Adazio as having a you know a quality top 20 D, uh, but it is something with who they've turned over. Um, there's not a lot of depth there. So you guys have already touched on by the time of year when we play them, it'll be interesting to see what they have on, on offer. Um, but, I mean, it looks like on paper they have the best O-line in the ACC. So I think mm-hmm. that's going mean, to be good. When they not, right? Well, and, yeah. I mean, I
3: don't think their defense is going to be bad by any means. Like, they still have Zach Allen, who is uh, scary any way you look at him. He's that, like, you know, bona fide dude that every Boston College team needs. He's going to be pretty formidable on the on the defensive line, and then they don't really lose a ton. Like their secondary loses um, two good corners, but like the guys replacing them have plenty of experience. Yeah, I think it's something so, too. Don't I don't mean, think their defense is going to collapse by any means.
1: If we assume run, the run, the running game is their strong suit. I mean, what offenses have we faced in the last couple seasons that has really gashed Clemson on the ground?
0: <laughs> I mean.
1: I, We really pointed out. I think recently, it's quarterbacks. Like that's our Achilles heel.
3: And big play running
0: backs.
1: Yeah, but even Dalvin Cook never really.
0: Yeah, Dalvin Cook's really the only one. Like even Derrick Henry in the 2015 title game. Well, 2015 season. I mean, I guess I was was
3: thinking of... uh, He only had
0: like one or two big runs, and then he was shut down. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's really the only one to gash us.
3: Well, I was thinking of uh, that twenty fourteen defense. I mean, we still think it was the uh, probably okay. one of the best ones ever in that <laughs> opening game. Yeah, they uh, us. Well, but I mean what I'm saying is those were Georgia like, ran one on the time game. Game. it was oh, a Georgia had. running
2: backs. Weren't both of those Georgia running backs like second or third round draft picks, though. That and Georgia Nick team Joe and Todd Gurley?
0: Yeah. yeah that, oh, second
2: right. and first. Never mind.
0: Yeah. That Georgia team had Todd Gurley. Nick Marshall, who ne- who you know got injured and never really panned out. And then they had freshman Nick Chubb Anthony and Sonny Michelle. Yeah. They had those oh, yeah. four guys
2: on the same team. An additional draft pick in there with Michelle. Every Georgia running back goes to the NFL, I think, increasingly. I,
1: I don't really know where <laughs> I would put A.J. Dillon among that trio. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, and I think the big thing here is that, like, Clemson was ridiculously good against the run last year. I mean, they allowed yeah. five rushing
1: touchdowns. I think With half a Dax like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. 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 This year we get a fully operational dex star, don't we? Yes. This battle station is fully, fully operational. Matt, how do you feel about Star Wars references? Yeah,
3: strong. We, we, Might we know as well. you
0: love those. We know you love those. Oh, your, my your favorite thing. I just, my I just favorite keep
3: calling thing. him a
0: small moon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, he that's actually new. has.
1: All right. That's a wrap on BC. All right, let's move on to Duke, guys. Um, Blue Devils come to Clemson. It's been maybe, what, five, six years since we played them, considering um, how seldom we get to play coastal teams uh, outside of Georgia Tech. But uh, we draw them toward the end of the year. It looks like Duke, I mean, they're they're another Enigma team. Um, their ceiling is never really that high outside of the, a couple, what, two, three years ago when they went on that crazy run. Um, but, you know, I, so again, I, I kind of look at this as yet another one of our uh, should be a, a walk walk all over them type game for Clemson, uh, but David Cutcliffe, he's a wily wily old head coach. Uh, he may be saving a punch or two for us. They just have a really tough schedule across the board. So um, I don't know. I don't have a ton to say about Duke.
0: I, I feel like I'm really, I'm really mad about Zion still. That's all I can really think about with Duke. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do feel
3: bad for Duke because they should be getting better, but their schedule is. Ugh.
2: Yeah, they bring back like yeah. their entire passing game, and for a school like that, that usually means something. And then you look at their schedule, and you're like, "Well, you're gonna look good in the advanced stats, boys." Yeah, like About they it. return
3: their guards on the offensive line, which is not a good sign. Like nobody
2: else. Yeah, it's cool. They you don't really have your center. So for those, so
1: let's run. Let's let's run through this. They're at Northwestern, Georgia Tech. Pit. Miami. But you're just
3: gonna skip over Army? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hosting teams to just uh, to just like throw down with opening week. That's gonna be treacherous.
1: Yeah, that's that's supposed to be one of their more winnable out of conference, right? And then they go. to I mean, it's more
3: winnable, but I mean, it's still gonna be. They go to, to the plan, hellish confines of Evanston. Like
1: yeah, go to Evanston. Yeah, in
3: the
2: September. <laughs> know. The Thunder Dome. <laughs>
1: you know the road slave for them is really difficult this year and then they go to baylor as well after northwestern um and Baylor, you know we don't know what we're going to get out of baylor but matt rule's been there a couple years and i don't think they have missed a beat with from a talent perspective no i don't think they've gotten any type of ncaa sanctions laid down yet i guess you know from the coastal standpoint we haven't touched too much on we didn't talk about this with georgia tech but is anyone going to pose a threat to
0: miami in the coastal I don't see it. Virginia Tech's lost too much from injury or suspension and is still a bit behind in talent anyway. Georgia Tech is always yeah, going upset someone. If, yeah, I was
3: going to say, if somebody activates Paul Johnson's trap card, maybe yeah. Georgia Tech goes off. But I mean,
2: I North like Carolina can't replace my beloved son, Mitchell Trubisky, so it's not happening. <laughs> well, I mean, North Carolina football is
3: declining, so uh, uh,
2: all of America is declining. Mm. Yeah. God, that's a hell of a deal we made at our founding. Thanks, John Swafford. <laughs> are the
1: worst founding father? Is the is the champion
0: of the Coastal more solidified than the Atlantic? there's less competition. Clemson's a, a better known commodity, but they've got a much tougher side of the division. They're still head and shoulders ahead of the division, but I think Miami is probably a little more clear just because the competition is so poor. I mean, the closest competition is Virginia Tech, and they're without, as of right now, a quarterback and pretty much an entire defensive backfield. So Nothing important. Yeah, yeah nothing important really, not in, not in 2018's football. Yeah, I think Miami actually is more of a sure thing than Clemson, really, and that's saying a lot because Clemson's all but a lock, in my opinion. Any worries about this Duke game? No. None. None not at all. Really, no. um, the general
2: ones that haunt me when I wake up, but otherwise <laughs> I, I think yeah, just Brad Brown of, good. Uh,
3: like you know, their passing game is good and like if you can manage to survive the defensive line you might be able to get past our defense. But uh, other than that I'm not very scared.
0: Yeah, unless unless Zion suits up which I still don't want to talk about.
2: Actually, no, I'm rooting for that. I, I'm suddenly mm. – I i don't care about results. I'm rooting for that.
0: You know, I would be okay with that because it's not like he can beat us on his own like he can He's in basketball.
2: He's in the right sport.
0: That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, no concern with Duke, really. Yeah, um, not worried. Military day, purple out. Let's just hope they don't bring back that dude who did the halftime show last year. Um Elite but it Greenwood. Was, oh, Lee Greenwood. That's who it was. I knew it was some sort of South Carolina city. But it was uh, – <laughs> I was kind of looking around like is this for real? And there's some lady like sitting behind me who's like got her hands up in the air, eyes closed, like it's some sort of like big, massive church service that she's listening to when this guy's singing his I'm glad you reminded me of this uh, because it had been completely blank from my mind. Like, yeah, it was yeah, blank. It, it was five, five I it until I remembered that we're doing Purple Out Military Day and I'm like, Oh great. I hope we're avoiding that halftime show again. But they uh they went over the top last year and it was I don't want it to say embarrassing, hilarious. but it was awkward. It was fawning, to say the least. It was very awkward. Yeah, we'll put it that way. Who would you guys have them bring in for the halftime show? Uh, more, more fighter jets. Honestly, that's all I care about. Just a loop of "Fortunate Son" by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Okay, wait? I'd be fine with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd do that. Also,
2: that.
1: How about we just watch like a twenty-minute condensed version of? Forest first hour of Forrest Gump.
2: No, no, yeah, just that montage of Forrest Gump uh First five on minutes. After. First five mm-hmm. minutes of saving pride Ryan. Yeah.
0: I think anything with, with uh with with Kilgore from Apocalypse Now, those beautiful seven minutes or however long it is where that they have that helicopter attack. It, I love, I, yes, yes. And I love the smell of napalm in the morning. That that scene, that whole entire like 10 15 minute segment play that i'd be so just
3: happy drill sergeant from full metal jacket just Ooh, that'd be fun too even though uh, yeah. rest in peace by the way early early.
0: that's right yeah died early he did die
1: i'm hearing a montage of all these clips with some interpretive dance on the field
0: yeah hmm. who would interpret that sort of dance who would do that
3: the rally cats oh god
1: okay Composed. We're moving on to South Carolina next.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, If we're moving on to South Carolina,
0: I can keep laughing uncontrollably. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Will Muschamp is their coach. What more do we need to say?
1: Last game of the year, every year. We host them this year, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Come in with actually some expectations, which uh, is not something you typically want to put in the same sentence with Will Muschamp. Um, I don't... I don't really know why they were underdogs so often last year. They played a really uh, brutally weak schedule, uh, but for some reason they they were the underdogs in those games, and they punched above their weight class um, until uh, really their their real identity showed up. And um, we didn't have a, a twenty four point win for Clemson last year. Um, I, I don't know if South Carolina fans look at that as a victory of some sort, um, but I, we can maybe start out just with our prediction. I think it's going to be a much bigger margin this year. Um, I'm not really seeing the offensive improvement that everyone's hoping for from Jake Bentley. And uh, I think our defense is a click better this year. So where do you guys fall on the predictions?
0: Uh, Roughly the 30-point range, I think. Bentley just is not a good quarterback. He's got the physical tools, but mentally he's a bit overzealous and psychs himself up way too much and just misses so many open reads like I honestly the first quarter last year they looked a lot better than they should have and would have had an early lead on us if Bentley just did not miss wide open seam routes there were I think two or three he missed in the first couple of drives drives alone where he missed two potential 60-yard touchdowns um, and then he he reared his, his ugly head of ugly oversized head with that pick six uh, shortly after that and then you know, by that point, Clemson had adjusted to more single high looks, and they were just throwing pressure at him, and he folded. Um, he'll have Debo Samuel this year if he stays healthy. Which you know, I, I don't want to be too hard on him. He was missing his best player for eighty percent of the season, but uh, the gap is still too wide, especially facing this this Clemson defense. They've got some good pieces at receiver. Um, they have a, a transfer from Alabama at running back who should emerge as their primary ball carrier, but. I still don't trust Jake Bentley. I still don't trust that offensive line. They lost some key pieces on defense, and most of all, Will Muschamp's their coach, and they're putting their hope in a completely unproven, untested offensive coordinator who they magically assume is going to be better than the guy who they replaced, who ha- actually had experience. Uh, I I don't Perfect. see the hype. I'm not buying the hype. The only the only thing I, I see reason for optimism optimism for with them is they have another pretty easy schedule, which nothing triggers them quite like saying their schedule is easy because they think, oh, SEC, SEC, it's always tough. Not the SEC East. No, it's not. Um, I, I don't I don't see many challenges. I think they could be second in the East uh, if Florida is not as good as many people seem to think they will be under Mullen. Um, I think one of South Carolina, Missouri, or Florida will win second, and it could be South Carolina. Um, I still don't see them winning more than – Eight or nine games, um, but I think six or seven is more likely.
3: Yeah, I just don't see South Carolina being the, the true threat this year or next year. Really, I feel like after the whole Jake Bentley era is over, is when they'll actually start to improve. Because like they lose, like what they lose on offense this year is all on the offensive line, and then next year they're they're gonna lose even more of the offense um and then next year is especially when they start getting old like they're going to lose Debo this year um, he's a senior and then next year like all of their running backs are going to be seniors Jake Miller is going to be senior their backup quarterbacks are going to be um guys that are currently freshmen um like next year they're really going to start graduating some guys off and it's of a team that hasn't
1: improved that much
2: yeah, and it's just it's hard because I remember when Mustamp was brought in, he pitched it as Roper was his guy at Florida, the guy like figured out that he liked after a few years, and now he was finally gonna bring him in year one and get him established, and now he's pushing Roper out, and ironically, as someone completely untested as his new guy, and just I've seen this movie before, mm-hmm. and yeah. well, it is nice to bet on. Jake Bentley is like. A potential quarterback like he always will have a high potential the transfer from alabama is probably going to be able to solidify their running game somewhat but just it's hard to bet on them actually winning i think they probably will beat the line for all the must champs laws he is a fantastic underdog coach he's great at reducing margins of victory just by radically not having that many possessions like, more so than any coach, he's just going to slow a game down and make it so that two, maybe three possessions flip everything by running the ball constantly. He doesn't tend to turn it over that much. Like, he will keep things close, and it probably will be uncomfortable, but it's hard to bet on them winning without a series of unforced errors.
0: Right. Like, uh, 2016, 56-7, yeah. that was, from the start, just touchdown Clemson, turnover South Carolina, touchdown Clemson, oh, awful fake punt, South Carolina, another touchdown. I don't think it'll be that out of hand that quickly. But I'm going to say Clemson puts up somewhere in the 40s and South Carolina might crack 20 in garbage time. Um, Other than that, I I don't don't really think they'll escape the teens unless Dabo clears out the bench. Well, it's also something they've talked about,
1: wanting to run a hurry-up-no-huddle into their offensive identity, which has not been... Uh, what they've done under Roper and Bill C on um, podcasting played a buddy excellent podcast when talking about their offense in this transition, he's like, I'll believe it when I see it, right. like It actually changes it. You can't just say you're going to do that. You can't just run her, you know, an tempo type of offense because what does that do to your defense at that mm-hmm. point? Like, like, and when this is not working, how quickly are they going to scale that back and go back to running more of a pedestrian level offense? Um, and we're, they're just right back to the same old South Carolina. So we'll see with this new coordinator. I'm just not really expecting that to take um, by the time we play them.
0: Right, and Muschamp's must thing with Roper was he uh, said, if I had Roper at, in place at Florida from the beginning, I never would have been fired. Uh, I'm, you know, It's going to be Roper's offense. I'm not going to touch it. He replaced Roper with a guy who's never been an experienced coordinator before, and not, not just as that kind of like, well, what did you say about Roper? It's also, you say you aren't going to meddle in an offense, but you hired a guy who's never been a coordinator. That tells me you're thinking, hey, I can throw my weight around with this guy. and Or, bl- or
1: blame a lack right. of success on that. Yeah,
0: but if okay. you've got a guy who's never been a coordinator who's just happy to have the job and the coach, head coach wants some input, even if he's a defensive-minded head coach, if you're not a guy who's – been that been in that position before? It's hard to stand up to him. Like uh, I, I think I, I can't confirm this, but the general line on on Dabo Sweeney when uh, his first coordinator here, Billy Napier or Napier, I forget how you pronounce it, was coordinator. Uh, the 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 general storyline was Dabo wanted to kind of meddle in the offense and throw more spread concepts in there, whereas Napier wanted more pro style I form and dabo would always override the play call and change it and there would be some miscommunication and just nobody was ever on the same page it was there was not a defined scheme well, um, and that think, was the
3: thing with Napier too, is because it was Dabo was extremely young, but Napier
0: was even younger. Right. Experience. Right. And and Dabo said Dabo figured he could throw his weight around. He's always fancied himself as an offensive coach, even though he's never called plays. And of course, it worked out for us beautifully. But when he brought in Morris, it wasn't just bringing in a guy who was on the same page schematically with going full full speed ahead to the spread. Morris was like, "No, butt out of this. I'm running this offense. I've done this before." Here's the scheme I'm bringing to you because you said you wanted it. Let me run this. And and that speaks I, to
1: Dabo's talents as a CEO mm-hmm. and kind of willingness to cede that control um, and take a step back and say, look, I brought in the expert. Let him run his thing.
0: Right, and Mustchamp's doing the opposite. He's, yeah, I mean, he's run Dabo, out his Dabo supposed Dabo expert. That lesson first. Yeah, he, he, Mustchamp's run out his supposed expert, the guy he swore by. The guy he swore would have kept him employed at Florida, and he's brought in a guy with zero experience. Now, of course, zero experience things have worked out for Clemson. We brought in Dabo Sweeney on the interim, and we won a national title within a decade. So, yeah, it could work. But to me, it seems Mustchamp is perfectly placed to dabble in the offense, as in make it turtle to protect his defense, if he is so inclined. He's taking the opposite approach that Clemson took when they brought in Chad Morris, and that would leave me highly unsettled. Honestly, more oh, yeah. unsettled than a completely – inexperienced play caller i'd be more worried about him not being able to tell muschamp to stay out of it
1: should let me ask you guys assume you're a a well-meaning uh conscientious intelligent south carolina football fan we know they're they're mostly all that um
3: that's
2: a
1: reach (laughs) um in your mind we're all
2: in a room together all three of us (laughs)
1: should should will muschamp job be on the line this season in any capacity like if you if you see sort of some of that meddling,
0: no, you- it, it's only year three. Um, if there is any sort of meddling, a lot of you know restless natives, so to speak, because of that, I think he'll be on the hot seat next year. But the expectations think- there are so low, they'll give him a, a pretty long leash just because he's been an SEC head coach before. Um, I, I don't think there's any pressure this year. Yeah, I don't think he can be fired this year, but if he changes the offensive coordinator again next year, it's going to be in the hot seat. I think as long as he reaches a bowl game, he won't be on the hot seat.
1: Yeah, so I don't think there's pressure. Year. What if Clemson wins another title?
0: I still well, don't think there's that much pressure. Yeah, as long as he uh, like has
3: a lot of South Carolina fans have that thought in the back of their mind. Yeah. And there's nothing really they can do about that. Like, I mean, what do you expect Will Muschamp to build? a program that can compete with literally one of the top two programs mm-hmm. in the country within, you know, three, three years. years. Right. Year. Yeah. But um, like, you know, if he keeps getting, if it gets worse, if he changes his coordinators again, um, I mean, if Clemson uh, like wins a title and then also, you know, sweeps every in-state recruit, then maybe, but
0: uh, not this year yeah I just think it's too soon. I don't think you have any reason to give a coach any less than any less than four years uh, if the only thing wrong with the program is them just not winning. Now, if there's extracurricular stuff like things going on with Ohio State right now, for example, you fire a coach without any hesitation for things of that nature. um, but as as long as the only problem is they just aren't quite meeting expectations, you give them four years. And as long as he keeps showing improvement, even if they don't increase their win total this year from uh, by exceeding eight and four, nine and four, as long as they still win six or seven, he's not on the hot seat. Now, if it, he goes a couple more years, if he's in year five and his best win, his his best winning season is eight or nine wins, then you consider the hot seat. But just the expectations there are not high. Uh, I think. Clemson's rise has has made South Carolina more realistic than I can ever remember them being. Because um, when we were both kind of mediocre, they, they kind of still had this, su- su- I, I want to say, superiority complex where they thought they were better. Um, but seeing Clemson so unequivocally, unquestionably elite, where they're still where they've always been, has humbled them not just relative to us, but humbled them relative to – reality i should say um they, they realize where they are now and i don't see really a, a ceiling that's going to increase to you know 10 11 wins or a playoff an sec title um in the near future and i, I think it's gonna it's gonna lead to a, a long leash for muschamp muschamp
3: yeah they i mean they are gonna have to be realistic with their expectations because like right now if you know, he gets to your five hundred six and his best year is nine wins or so that could be great because I mean, look what he's having to go up against. I mean, Georgia's right there. Clemson's right there. Florida and Florida state are both rising. Like everything around you is getting so much better. Like what can you expect? Yeah.
0: And plus they just got some new facilities. They're about to open an op center. Um, you know, using the same logic that I use to defend Brad Brownell the last couple of years, they will have some even though the facilities aren't as good as, you know, you find at Clemson, um, they're still going to have relatively equal facilities, and that will help. Uh, It's just, if your two biggest rivals are Clemson and Georgia, I'm sorry, but you're screwed. Because the way those two programs are just lapping everyone else right now, except, you know, Alabama. Um, But literally, their two biggest rivals are Clemson and Georgia. Georgia. It's it's tough, but it's going to take more than Will Muschamp. Um, to really increase that ceiling, raise that ceiling.
2: It's just—it's hard to see a natural candidate for a coach with experience in the area, interested in that job, up and coming. Like it's hard to create a candidate for South Carolina. That's another reason why I think Will Muschamp is secure. Whereas, unlike Florida or Florida State or Texas, even like Washington, it's hard to like pitch a coach that's just going to come into South Carolina and really redefine things. Right. Oh, and I feel like
3: they easy. saw that when they hired Will Muschamp because, I mean, Spurrier left in October.
2: And I think they, they saw one that one when the they hired teams. Lou Hulks too. They've been a retirement home for yeah. a while. Let me ask years. you guys, well, is, I mean, is,
3: Urban,
2: is Urban
1: Meyer
0: damaged goods enough yet? No. To be a future no. coach? No, no he'll, he won't even be fired from Ohio State. They'll just suspend him. They would have already fired him if they were going to.
2: I have no idea how that goes, but he would take a year off first oh yeah. yeah he would he go went. to alabama first Just chester's
0: mm. i think he's at ohio state as long as he wants to be it's where he went to school um i could see him going in to Cincinnati game, actually i thought he went to OSU i don't think he went to
1: OSU huh. he went to Cincinnati but he's from Ohio yeah
2: yeah he won or er, he's made multiple national title games there so like or playoff games there. I mean, yeah. so like he's I mean, still he gonna, yeah, he won a national title there.
1: I mostly wanted to get a crack in on the fact <laughs> that they only hire damaged kids coaches. Oh, no, Columbia.
2: absolutely. They honestly may hire like the younger Briles first.
0: Ooh, that I'm would be not,
2: bad. I'm not getting Would that Lane team, Kiffin be have a good, good job?
0: Uh, actually, Lane Kiffin would be. I think he's earned another shot. I think he's matured. I think he's a phenomenal yeah, offensive honestly, play caller yeah no lane would be a
2: fantastic yeah i, I really yeah, hope, i would not uh, want lane kippen
0: on the schedule every no, year i wouldn't either because he would be a big splash hire who would get a lot of attention and he's actually i think he's like the modern guy. he's kind of the modern steve spurrier he's an offensive guru hot shot kind of a cocky guy who no one really likes but everyone kind of begrudgingly respects i think he is doing big things at FAU and i think he's going to earn another shot at a big program i'm he's hoping it's lsu the guy
3: i just didn't like for no reason to the guy where i just think yeah. he's
0: yeah calling the
2: touchdown before the play is, like that. the most spurier yeah. thing that anyone's done in I love a long when he did time. that
0: i thought that was the funniest thing like that yeah. is that is awesome that is awesome and now he's like taking nick saban to task on twitter super super woke twitter yeah, I, I find yeah. him almost likable now. And I think I think Orgeron's out at LSU. If not this year, the next year, as tough as that schedule is, I don't see him surviving the expectations versus that schedule. I think I think LSU might nab Kiffin and I hope someone does before South Carolina parts ways with much muschamp because Kiffin is actually a guy who I think could be successful there. Cause he would be looking for another shot. And we know South Carolina always hires those retread coaches. I think Kiffin is the one guy. Who could elevate that program to a consistently elite level like Spurrier did for a few years?
3: Well, and see, that's the thing that South Carolina needs is the giant name.
0: Yeah, like, they do. They need that. You big... can't
3: really have a guy that's just kind of boring. you Can't right.
1: play healthy.
0: Yeah, they they need Whatever. that big name guy to give to give them some sort of differentiating factor because they don't have that. They don't have a super nice stadium. They have a big stadium, but it's not super nice. Like all the things they have that are kind of like nice are just comparable to their rivals but the rivals have better versions of them. Like all the rivals have beautiful college town campuses and in, in college cities, whereas USC, which, I mean, I'm from Columbia, so I like I know this, their campus is spread out across a not even very nice urban environment. Now, as far as urban campuses go, I think it's relatively nice, but it's just so spread out across the city. Stadiums off campus, like – there, there's nothing that South Carolina has that at least one of their rivals doesn't have a better version of. And that's why they need that big-name coach to be that differentiator like, like Holtz was, like Spurrier was. Uh, Muschamp isn't, but he's trying really hard. So I think that's where he can make up some ground. I feel like um, Muschamp could
3: have been had his anger like worked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. had his like ridiculous angry faces been a little
0: bit more successful. I feel just, like he would feel
3: more awesome like thing, but he just feels,
0: Yeah, he just feels
3: like a meathead.
0: Yeah, Muschamp being our rivals' coach was like the the internet's gift to every Clemson fan. Because yeah. was, and then
3: and then his own ability to just like I mean with the the Maryland thing recently to just invite controversy oh, God. just didn't need to. Yeah, was horrible. Was,
0: Foot and mouth.
2: I can word. think of no quicker way to get your own strength and conditioning program investigated than to announce sympathy for the one that just killed somebody. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, and it like it's not even like even just disregard the whole context of the situation. It's it's like one of one of my favorite tweets is this new t-shirt that says I am not into human trafficking really has people asking questions about what I do with my spare time. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> just don't mention it. And nobody's going to say anything. Like, he just didn't need to bring up this whole thing to make his point about anonymous sources, even even if it didn't mention, like, something to do Especially with it.
2: given how quickly he got out and an anonymous source. Within, like, <laughs> hours. Within hours, people flipped on it. Yeah.
0: So it's well, When you guys home. were
1: talking earlier about this is not a scandal that's going to blow up at South Carolina. I don't believe. Maybe it could. I don't know. But you you add up enough of these sort of like incidents that um, draw a negative light to your program, and then you also don't have winning that can't add up over time. Right. Maybe shorten your otherwise, like shorten the leash, if you will. Uh, all right. So another win against South Carolina. Let's get the, the five, our own five Pete. If oh, you will. yes. That is much deserved. It's going to be nice. Uh, mm. They can shut Finally shut up about that era that shall no longer be talked about by us. Um, and I guess, you know, we put a long tail on this kite, guys. We're at 90 minutes Oops. Um, on part two. Uh, so uh, we will not do a postseason preview too much here. But safe to say we've already talked about it. Clemson-Miami rematch in the ACC title game. That one's back in Charlotte again, right? It is. Uh, good for us. Not as good for Miami. Clemson win? We you unanimous on that? I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, they'll put up more of a fight this year, right? Yeah, yeah certainly.
3: Yeah, I just don't think Miami's closed the gap enough in the, the in that year, unless Malik Rozier vastly improved. Yeah, board, that's
0: the thing. If he's the their quarterback, board, they're not a
2: threat. Yeah. yeah, if there's like calamitous secondary injuries, which is like the sort of disclaimer with every game we play, but other than that, not really. Because, like, they yeah. lose most of their interesting,
3: uh, like, skill position guys. I mean, Amon Richards is still there. but um, And then, uh, you know, the left side of the line is gone. And then a ton of their defensive front is gone. I mean, it, they they just don't seem very deep right now. Like, they have plenty of players, but all those guys are just too young to make a real difference in a game like folks of Miami.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, they're going to be such a prohibitive favorite coming out of the coastal, you would hope they would be on the level of a playoff caliber team, but I just don't, maybe Rick's will be able to bring some of that recruiting magic um, in another couple years, but not really with this personnel, at least not at, at quarterback, um, and not against this this Clemson team. Uh, I don't know. We're probably pretty on the same page as well about playoff contenders, but who do you guys see coming out of each of the conferences?
0: Hmm. Clemson, of course. Wisconsin, maybe, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Alabama over Georgia. Uh, How about the Big Ten and the Pac-12? Hmm, Big Ten? I like Wisconsin. I, I, yeah, I originally, originally said I Ohio State. Wisconsin. I originally liked Ohio State, but now I'm, I'm leaning Wisconsin. Um, and I think Oklahoma comes out of the Big 12, and the the Pac-12 eats itself alive.
2: The West feels so overdue for a win in, like, the Big 10. Mm-hmm. And if ever there was going to be a year, it would absolutely be a year in which, like, Ohio State is melting down, Harbaugh is doing Harbaugh things. Like, it just, they feel overdue for a win yeah. there.
3: And, I mean, they're, like, Wisconsin... What they Wisconsin legitimately was great like, last year. Yeah, like, their passing game is going to be good, which is... Which is absurd. That's yeah. a weird um, their thing. Their running say, game that's... still has uh, Jonathan Taylor, who is, like, he was
2: a freshman last year and ran for 2,000 yards. Like, okay. so oh, he's going to get like another 800 carries over two yeah. years. Yeah, like,
3: they're missing Fumagalli, which I only mentioned because, God, I love his name. Um, but like, their entire offensive line is back. Uh, they lose a good bit on the defensive line, um, but... like. Yeah, their defense has, is going to have a good bid to replace, but I still feel like they could probably.
1: Ohio State's replacing a lot too. I mean, I think everyone pencils them in just on pedigree more yeah. than like the reality of who's coming back. Um, the other Bosa's there. He's strong, but yeah, I think if there's enough kind of turmoil, I mean, maybe that team unites behind their coach, but if you had that piece of shit in your coaching staff, like as recently as they did, I don't know. It, it would. I think it would. We've seen Urban Meyer team. We've seen him lose the locker room before. I think. I don't necessarily think he's got the like cultish leader type of grasp on that program, where, where it's not out of the question that he would lose and it.
3: Just, just to go back to to Wisconsin for one second, um, they're losing. Really, they're losing a good bit on the defensive line, but they are replacing their starting defensive end with a guy whose name is literally Isaiah Loudermilk, L O U D E R M I L K. So I think they're going to be fine.
0: He is six foot seven, three hundred pounds. Wow! I'm surprised Harbaugh didn't get him as much as he loves milk. Yeah, that's true.
2: I'm surprised that's not a power forward for
0: Duke.
1: <laughs> Final four: some combination: Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Washington,
0: Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It'll be one of that. It'll it'll be four of that group of roughly seven or eight teams. It's yeah, going to be made and uh, company.
1: <laughs> UCF and whoever.
2: Yeah, after that, whatever, we'll figure it out. So,
1: Clemson, Alabama, five. Oh, sorry, I guess four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's totally. not get ahead of ourselves. No, I think it's so.
3: Actually, Clemson, Alabama, five. is going to be so epic that it skips over Clemson, Alabama, four. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like the iPhone 10. There just is no
1: iPhone. Plan plan to have you guys out here for the national championship game then. Uh, we'll do another one of these live and in person here from California uh, <laughs> at the end of the year.
3: All right. See you in five months. Looking we'll forward those, to it.
1: We'll use those big blog box to fly everybody out. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Finally, a way to spend our money.
1: <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Thanks. Thank you to our listeners, everyone who made it all the way to the end of this one. Uh, that's our t- <laughs> That's our two-parter. Congratulations um, to us for making it. We up. are deeply sorry. First and <laughs> so, foremost.
3: <laughs> our, the um, steep decline in Van Gorder
2: mentions, though. I feel like Yeah. We weren't going to gonna say totally his name in this part.
0: John, we but, weren't going to say his name.
2: No, I definitely mentioned it at some point. You must not be named.
1: Okay. This is the first Van Gorder mention of this pod. I was keeping
3: a
2: counter. I set us
0: up for it when we were talking Louisville, but you just—I might. It's definitely not
3: the first mention, but nice. I, let's go to the tapes. But uh, I definitely <laughs> said back
2: to Brian Van Gorder at some point. Tape doesn't lie, and neither does Brian Van Gorder.
1: Um, all right, before we wrap, let's do an around the horn. You guys can plug your plug your uh, preview articles. What are you guys writing this week? <laughs> what uh, is John writing? That'll be fun. Uh, well, I wrote
3: erotica the last <laughs> two days. Um, I got the defensive Fan line in the preview, and so I split it up into three full articles and wrote about a 1,000 words each time on just sections of the defensive line. It was a wonderful way to spend my week before classes started. I definitely didn't have stuff I could be doing to prepare for classes, but, you know, um, it's, it's really Good great boy, that- The next article is going to go up tomorrow, but by the time this podcast
2: comes out, that might be
1: like a week It's in the past.
2: Anyway, read it. We were going to title it Power Rangers Fan Fiction, but that would have screwed up the SEO, something fierce.
0: I'm writing about the safeties. Uh, That seems to be the position that I take the most interest in, Um, and it's a bit of a question mark this year. So, yeah, uh, there are four safeties coming back with a couple freshmen who might be thrown into the mix there. So, yeah. It should publish, I believe. It should be published by the time this airs, actually. Yeah, I pushed you back with my uh, very necessary
3: and early-timing-needed defensive tackle preview. Matt,
1: what are you working on?
2: Uh, I'm working on the offensive line preview. And, I mean, honestly, a lot of that's just known commodities and guessing. We have no, like, position-wise, it's kind of a chameleon. Like at any given point, the right tackle might be playing left guard and vice versa. The center kind of just sticks in place, and the left tackle sticks in place, although that seems to be as much just Mitch Hyatt's individual talent. But, yeah, look forward to that.
1: Nice. And, um, you know, we're, Furman Game will be here before we know it, so we'll look to Matt, you, and Alex um, for film reviews and previews, of course. Check these guys out on Twitter, everybody. Um, Why don't you guys say your handles real quick?
3: Who is first? Uh, I guess I do. At Juan Fabulous, J-U-A-N Fabulous. Um, And then at ST Southland, got to plug the brand.
0: Mm, Plug the brand. Mine is uh, not Alex Craft. I call it hiding in plain sight. Um, That's the closest to a pseudonym I will get. Uh, My brand is uh, mostly uh, golden retriever photos and dumb humor in football. Of course Uh, I'm dbbm
2: 52 and I still can't believe that John has been banned from Twitter more recently <laughs> than I have. I'm back, you baby. Ass. Can't hold me in prison. It's I drove got down, down to 13. Twitter HQ to bail him out, and uh, that's just how it went. Well, I
3: mean, I just let the I, I showed them all of my tweets uh, at St Southland, follow at St Southland, um, and, and they, they realized I was a twice? good tweeter. No, they realized I was a good tweeter, so they let me back home. It's true. It's true. He
0: is a good tweeter. Follow at st Southland.
1: All right. Let's wrap it up there. Um, thank you, guys. Everyone head to Shake in the Southland. Check out the latest articles heading into the, the preview from these three and the other talented writers on staff. These guys are must-follows on Twitter as well. Even if you don't use Twitter often, start with these guys. Maybe add some others um, just to balance and out your And follow your soon
3: because you never know when we're going to get banned again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Probably often. Get it in uh, while you can. That's right. Uh, and as far as the podcast goes, you guys can expect more preview, season preview materials coming from uh, the podcast group. We'll be meeting up this weekend to preview the offensive defense and um, a second episode for the season preview altogether. Uh, so looking forward to that. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you to my panel. Uh, this was great. We'll have to get you guys back on throughout the season, uh, connect in, and see how our predictions went. So uh, thanks a lot, fellas. Appreciate it. Thank you all.
3: Thank you. Thank you. All right.
1: As always, go Tigers.